On today's show, the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Clippers. What did we learn about this team? Is it Mavs versus Clippers, Mavs versus refs, Mavs versus the free throw line, and then what is Josh Green this year? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavericks. NBA champion. He hit it. Don't believe you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day. And remember, Locked On Mavs is free and available for all podcast platforms, including YouTube. But the best way to help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know what's one reason the Mavericks lost this game. And also let us know what is Josh Green's role this year? What do you think Josh Green is this season for the Mavericks? What could he become this year? First, I want to welcome back all the Cowboys fans. Welcome back. It's been a while. We're here for you five days a week, every single post game covering the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, yeah, welcome back. It was a it was a season. <laughs> I mean, joining least... me as always, my co-host, contributor, <laughs> writer at Mavs.com, the Cowboy Crazy. The one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? At least the Cowboys didn't lose like by as much as the Mavs did. That would be hard I mean, to do. Just trying to. I mean, not that bad. What Mavs lost by what? 12? Something like that? 14? Oh, um, it felt like a lot more. <laughs> who is the. Let's just, let's just start off this whole pod with this. Oh. This is unprompted. I, I can tell. <laughs> Who's the NBA equivalent of Dak Prescott? Explain yourself. Sorry. <laughs> who, is, who is Dak Prescott of. The NBA. So he came in and there was a player before him that he kind of usurped and he was like the young up and coming guy. And then it seemed like he got, he got too, like got too, too much praise for where he was. And then he was like, then he became underrated and now he's like overrated, but also underrated at the same time because there's a lot of haters. It's a, it's an interesting, yeah. like he's not Embiid, right? Cause Embiid kind of fits sort of that. No, Embiid's good. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is the first pod. This is the first pod with the Cowboys fans back. Isaac, we can't. We can't be. Welcome Cowboys media back to Mavs games. Yeah, they'll, that's they'll, always the thing. Be uh, is he? Is he Towns? Is he like Cat? But it's even a, like Cat came one. in. The- Cat with Cat with Garnett and usurped Garnett, and then. <laughs> yeah, but even it's like Cat was like a high draft pick. And you yeah, know. that's true. Is oh, is he Jimmy Butler? That's Jimmy good. Jimmy Butler was is good in the postseason though, so I don't know about that. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, let us know in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Let us know <laughs> if you have an equivalent for Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys quarterback in the NBA. Let us know who it is. Uh, today's Donovan episode, Mitchell? we'll we'll break down the Mavs versus the Clippers game and talk about what, what's the deal. What's the deal with the Mavs versus the refs, Mavs versus the free throw line, Mavs versus Luka doubles. I think we got a really interesting look at Luka Doncic getting doubled in the Heat game and in the Clippers game, and we'll talk about that. And then I want to know what is Josh Green now because it seems like he's taking a leap, but what is he? What role is he playing for the Mavericks? Should he be playing more? We'll talk about him. Let's get into it. So the Dallas Mavericks fall to the Clippers 112-98. to it seemed like at certain times they had this game in hand. In the, in the second quarter, they went on, 
you know, a really good run where they were down by five and then all of a sudden up by 10. And then they were, you know, they had control of it at halftime and then into the third quarter and the Mavs just kind of waffled back and forth. And then that fourth quarter came and it just, like the rug just came right out from under them and they, their offense just stopped like really at the beginning of the third quarter, it just seemed like their offense just stopped. What happened to the offense in this game? And I have an answer if you don't. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it it comes down to the second half. I mean, even Jason Kidd talked about it in in post game. He's like, you know, we just came out in the third quarter and, um, you know, we were flat. And he's like, you know, I, I felt like one of the things we were watching up top was it felt like Luca just came out like settling for these like contested, tough, like uh, mid range shots. Yeah. And that's what they were giving him. Yeah, just kind of over and over there in the third quarter. Um, because, you know, when you look at it, it's like you look at the second half, they lost the second half 63 to 44. Yeesh. And it's like, all right, there you go right there. But I I don't, you know, I, I, didn't, I don't know how much like Luca in this game, he felt like he was sluggish. Um, you know, he banged his, I don't know if his knee stuff and like, hurt him the rest of the game but he banged his knee at one point and yeah, it was right the at the end of the first quarter it was about 55 seconds left in the first quarter there was like a there was no foul call and then luca came up limping they played four on five on the other end and they came back and played offense and luca wasn't really in the play either and then ever since then he just didn't seem like he was the same yeah so i don't want to like blame all of it on that because we've seen luca do this a million times where he <laughs> holds some body part and then he's fine you know two minutes later excuse me but it did <laughs> It did feel like he was a little extra slower uh, in the second half. And even, you know, one of the things that, not to go back to what Kid said post game, but Kid was talking about post game, how they, you know, were targeting him after he got in foul trouble a little bit. And he's like, I knew that they were just going to put him in pick and roll. He said, you know, PG was going to, you know, target him on, on the other end of the ball. And honestly, that's what was happening in the second half and the fourth quarter. You know, there was a key possession late. Norm Powell just, just drove right past Luca and got to the basket. And so it's kind of a tough night for him. It was an off Luca night. <laughs> you look at it and uh, yeah. 29 well, points, yeah. nine of 21 from the field. He hit three of his seven threes. That's, that's a good percentage, but he missed all those free throws. What did he miss? Six, five, three, five free throws. And, and he only had four assists. So like, all right, this is the Clippers game plan, game plan against Luca over and over again is they try to take away the pass. So they did in this game, they did take away the pass. They tried the double early and it didn't work for them early. The Mavs went on a really good run early in the game when they were doubling him. And then they stopped. Luca hurt his knee on that one play. Didn't really have the same burst. They just went one-on-one -on -one against him. And then he tried to force a lot of stuff. And it was an off-Luca game. And an off-Luca game can still be 29 points, we've learned, in this in this uh, year of our Lord, 2023. But if it's an off-Luca game, especially with Wood out, they really missed Christian Wood in this game, I thought. Like, their offense could have yeah, used... Yeah, on offense, yeah. Their offense could have used another, uh, a third heat. Because Dinwiddie was... I thought Dinwiddie was great. Luca was off, but still, he's, he's still Luca and scoring 29 points. They could have used a third heat, like somebody else. To, uh, Tim Hardaway scored really well in this game, too, was hitting shots. But they could have used somebody else to, uh, to score inside, for sure. Be another shooter to stretch the floor. And uh, they really missed him. But... The offense, you know, one answer is the reason why the offense really tanked was was Luca. The other answer was this team really got in their head about the refs. It just seemed like there was all these calls back and forth where it seemed like the Clippers would get these, you know, ticky tack fouls where 
you know, the weird one, like there was the one where Josh Green like runs into to Batum, like he runs by him and they're like immediate foul. Yeah. Like how many times that happened to Luca on the other end? And, and you know, it, it, it happens, right? It's not the reason why they lost, but they lost because it got in their heads. You saw Luca and Dinwiddie every single time a foul wasn't called on their, on their behalf. Uh, Dinwiddie got a technical, Luca got a technical in this game. Dwight almost got it. Dwight got called for a technical and then it was reversed to Dinwiddie, which so is weird. a weird situation. But Dwight was even arguing with the officials. Like Josh Green was going at the, like it was just every single time. And this team has done this over and over again, where if they aren't getting the calls that they think that they deserve, or if the other team's getting calls, they don't think that they're getting, it gets in their heads and all of a sudden it affects their play. Yeah. I thought Luca was going to get thrown out at one point. You know, he got the tech early on for sure. Um, and then, you know, he just kept on. And even in timeouts, he w- he kept on and kept on. I was like, all right, are you asking for it? You're not feeling well right now. Are you? Just, do you want to go to the showers? Uh, but they never called it, and, you know, they, they left him in there. I, I think one, an, a key point um, to this game is also the bench. The Mavs had nine combined points off the bench. They already played a short rotation, pretty much a seven-man rotation with just Reggie and Josh coming off the bench. Um but just nine points off the bench, it's tough. Uh, you know when the Clippers put up forty off the bench. Yeah, that that's not going to get it done. So coming up, let's talk about the Mavs, how they can get over some of this stuff with the refs, and let's talk about the uh, Luca getting doubled because I thought we had a really interesting contrast between the Miami game and then this Clippers game, and let's talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Is daily fantasy made easy? You can go check out Prize Picks right now for the. AFC Championship game with the uh, <laughs> with the Cincinnati Bengals. You can pick uh, more or less on their yards. You can pick more or less on their touchdowns. All kinds of different stuff that you can check out. They don't have it up right now, but they do have the NBA. They have, uh, let's see, Jason Tatum against the Orlando Magic coming on Monday. More or less 31 and a half points for Tatum against the Magic. Um, more. More on Tatum. Paolo Bancaro, 17 and a half points against the Boston More. Celtics. You can put those two down. You can do up to six different ones. But if you just do those two, put down 20 bucks, you could win 60 bucks if that wins. If you put down 100 bucks, you can win 300. And right now, you can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code LOCKDOWN. Again, use that promo code LOCKDOWN. Deposit 100 bucks. Price picks will give you 100 bucks to use. Use it right now. Go to prizepicks.com or download the app. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about this Dallas Mavericks game. We talked a little bit about how this team can kind of get in their heads with the refs, with, you know, it, it, this team has two two or three different ways where they get in their heads. It's if they don't hit their threes and if the refs aren't calling the right plays. Does this only come from Luka? It seems like it starts with Luka and it just kind of trickles down to the rest of the team. But do you think this mentality with calls is just on Luka or is it just, is now become a team thing? Um, it's tough because it's not a coach thing, right? Like, it's not like, you know, kids, not Doc Rivers to where, you know, it's not opening tip and he, kids already yelling. I mean, half the time <laughs> it feels like kids, you know, just sitting down and he's a pretty, you know, mellow coach. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, Luca loves to chirp with refs shocker. Um, and yeah, I think it's just based on the personality, right? Like Dorian, Dorian's not going to be up in the refs face a ton. Denwitty is. Denwitty's gonna be very vocal 
um, about it. So it's like, you know, Luca, Dinwiddie, um, Dwight will, will talk with the ref and stuff. But I, I think it, it seems, for me, it seems like a time because Dinwiddie and Luca have the ball so much and they're both very, very expressive when it comes to talking to the refs. Yeah, you have to have a reason to go to the refs, right? And and like Dorian and Bullock and you know some of these other guys don't really have those opportunities as often. But with Luca and Dinwiddie, it seems like there could be a call every time, one way or the other. Whether it's an yeah, L, whether Jason it's, Kidd got more texts, they wouldn't talk to the refs. Some some people think that, and we've talked about that in the past as a, as a thing. But yeah, it, it just seems like if they don't get the right calls, then it just it gets in their heads. They go down to the other end, They're not playing the same kind of effort on defense. Their defense was really good in this game up until, you know, a couple, fourth, yeah. a couple until up until the fourth for sure. But then there's just moments in this game where they played they played really good defense for like 22 of the 24 seconds, and the last second they foul somebody or they let a wide open layup or you know just just something like that. Uh, and it goes back to the conversation that that we had the other night about why defense matters or, or why this defense matters. It's effort and it's. You know, everybody's got to be on their toes like all the time. It has to be all five guys on their toes with the with that right effort. And you see that in the Miami game where they dominated defensively. And then in the Kansas Clippers game, they played pretty decent and then just let up. Yeah. You know, one of the things I liked watching about this game was you saw playoff basketball. Um, I leaned over to Bobby one time when Zubats went out with his fourth foul and they went small. Dallas, you know, went, went small. Yep. And, you know, Bobby said, yeah, we're seeing May basketball right now. Like this is what you you'll see in the playoffs. Um, you know, with the exception of I think Maxi will be out there when he's healthy. Yeah. But you know, you saw they were rolling Dorian out at the five, and you know, as much as you know, a lot of people love Christian Wood. Christian Wood's not going to be out there in some scenarios if he's on the team. No. You know, come playoff time, there's going to be scenarios where it's Dorian or Maxi at the five, and Christian Wood's on the bench just because that's how. When you go up against a team like this with the Clippers, that you know when Zubats goes down and they have you know goes out with foul trouble and they're putting Batum at the five, they're putting Covington at the five, and it's you know Kawhi, Paul George, Marcus Morris, like that's the you know Tim was asked about this post game and Tim's like, yeah, I mean that's just how the league's going, like that that's just when times are getting tough, you know that's how he said in you know he was like a lot of times we're really efficient with those types of lineups and we can we have the ability to do that. So I liked seeing that because it was a glimpse of all right, let's see what this playoff as currently constructed what a playoff lineup would look like and you know Josh, Reggie, Dorian, Dinwiddie, Luca, you know some iteration of those guys. Yeah, a little bit later, we'll talk about what Josh Green is now because he's playing in those lineups, which is huge. And it's a huge leap for him to go from where he was last year to where he is now as like a player that should be playing in some of those playoff lineups you talked about. One thing I found really interesting in this game and the Miami game is in the Miami game, they doubled Luka on every turn. Every single time he touched the ball, he was getting doubled. They picked him up at full court. They picked him up at half court. They doubled off of a screen. They doubled just when he had the ball by himself. <laughs> they doubled at all turns. In in this game against the Clippers, they doubled in the first quarter. They doubled a lot. But then uh, when Din- Dinwiddie goes out with his second foul about the five-minute mark, Paul George goes out with his second foul a little bit before that. And then when Paul George and Dinwiddie were out, they stopped doubling. Like, the Clippers stopped doubling at that point. The Mavs couldn't take advantage of it as much. Clippers went on a 13-0 run, ended up taking a you know a lead there. And then they stopped, They didn't double the rest of the time. What did you see from the Miami game to now, this Clippers game, as far as doubling Luka and you know, what teams are trying to do against them? 
I think you're seeing, if I was an opposing coach, I think you're seeing some of the, the, I want to say better. Cause I don't want to like, Hey, they're only good. If they do this, you're seeing, you're seeing some coaches throw a bunch of different things at him. I think that's the, that's the type of thing. I wish I would have remembered the, um, you know, obviously been watching a lot of NFL football lately with the playoffs and all of that. And I remember watching a, a, an interview. I, dang, I can't remember. I mean, I'm, it's probably like Mahomes or something. But an interview is somebody talking about how they stopped this quarter, you know, the certain quarterback or at least their game plan. It's like you got to just throw a bunch of different stuff at him. Like he's going to solve everything, but you just got to keep him kind of on your toes of blitz and, you know, zone and man, like corner blitz, all this different stuff. And for, for basketball, I think you're seeing opposing coaches kind of take that approach sometimes of, Hey, we're going to hard double. Sometimes we might bring, you know, let him take one, one dribble in the post, then bring the second defender over, um, you know, let him, let him ISO out. But then sometimes we're going to, you know, keep him from getting the ball. So I think that's the key that we're seeing. We're seeing different coaches like Smolster and Ty Lue. I, I put them right up there. Top five coaches in the league. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Miami got, you know, smashed, but for many, probably reasons. because <laughs> Tyler hero got, took the team out to get smashed, but yo Dallas anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. I did think Spo just kind of stuck with the, the doubles the whole game. I don't think that he really adjusted often in that game, or maybe he didn't have the personnel to do that. And he just thought we just got to keep pressuring and maybe we'll go on a run here. But with the Clippers, they stopped and it forced Luca to try and, okay, you just, you just beat us one-on-one against our wings. And they had a ton of wings and they, oh, yeah. you know, and then when Luca got too deep in the post, then they sent, then they sent over the, the second help, you know, so they didn't let him go one-on-one at the rim. They had him go one-on-one all the way to the rim. And then once he got there, somebody would, would come over to help real quick. And then the Mavs, you know, various, they, they had various um, success with like kicking out to other guys and swinging around and stuff like that. I just found it once really. Once he got once he got too deep, he had to pull it back out to get to the other guy, right? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas Lucas post game the other night with Reggie Bullock. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, so funny. <laughs> Reggie's so, face was great. Luca and Reggie Bullock sat on the <laughs> sat and did their presser together after Miami game, and Luca was like, you know, yeah, Reggie Bull- Reggie Bullock, you know, he comes with energy, and then he just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like take it back. Uh, we're all children. The yeah, so so we're seeing we're seeing different stuff. We, we, you can't throw one thing at Luca. Like you can't just throw one single thing. You have to see. All right, what's gonna what's gonna work today? <laughs> right? Like you can't just try one thing and see if that works. And it turned out that the you know let him go ISO on on single coverage and then send the double over once he gets into his his spot because Luca does sort of load up and then he. Then he goes into a shot at the rim, and yeah, and uh, you know that they were able, they were ready for him at that point, and so that's so, what I thought the Clippers did well that the Heat didn't do well in the last game. You know, a couple bigger storylines about this game: free throws was huge. You know, you miss huge. eleven free throws in this game; it's it's gonna matter. I mean, Tim misses those too late as they're trying to just you know get closer uh, there, but you know, Luca missed missed five free throws in this game. Tim missed three. Um, you know, you look at that, you look at a you look at, you know, the Clippers, they finally had Kawhi and PG playing together. Yeah. You know, they haven't played together a, a ton this season. So uh, just seeing some of their post game comments stuff, that's what, you know, they were talking about that a lot about, you know, having their two best guys playing. So you kind of caught a little bit. They've been used to catching good luck, 
uh, with playing these teams that are missing guys. Uh, and then now they, you know, kind of got the other side of it, playing the Clippers as they get Paul George, Kawhi, and then playing and getting their, uh, their squad back going again. But, you know, you look at shooting tonight, they're 13 and 35, uh, from the three point line. But reminder, like I said a while ago, it was a short rotation. It's basically a seven man rotation, you know, with some of these guys out. Jaden Hardy obviously didn't play in this game, um, either, but it's tough. It, it was, it's weird because you look at it and you say, Man, they really missed Christian Wood's offense, which they did. But then you look at it and say, dang, if we could get two other 20 point scores, you know, consistently alongside Luca, like Dinwiddie and Tim both had over 20 points. It's just Luca had kind of a normal game, only having 29 points. You say <laughs> only, but that kind of matters whenever he's, you know, typically putting up 35, 40, something like that. So weird game, but it's the Clippers and. The, yeah. the the uh, the rivalry quote unquote continues. Coming up, let's talk about what Josh Green is because the one good thing about this game was Josh Green's play against Norman Powell. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about what oh Josh Green gosh. has become coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. Let's go. Let's go. FanDuel is. New Our partner, new sports betting partner for Lockdown because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. So put a $5 bet down, you get $150 in free bets guaranteed. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. That's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown. Right now, they have... A bunch of different things you can go on. Go check out sportsbook.fanduel.com to see what's available. See if it's available in your state as well. Um, who do you think they have as the NBA MVP right now, Isaac Harris? Nikola Jokic. Jokic, minus 110, number two. Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic, plus 430. And then Jason Tatum behind him at plus 700. Joel Embiid, plus 800. Giannis, plus 1,100. That one's, that one's, that one's sneaky. Wow. And, and then after that, you have to go all the way down to John Morant plus three thousand. Wow, one, that one, that one's got Love. my that one's peaking my interest right there because if they go on, Love a, you three thousand. They go on a, a, a run here. You put down hundred bucks, John Morant wins MVP somehow. Then all of a sudden, you win three thousand bucks. So go check it out. It's FanDuel again. Use the promo code Lockdown or go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get that free bets guaranteed. Um, go check it out right now. So. Football fans, also don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Isaac Harris, let's finish up here talking about Josh Green because he was the one good thing. He was one of the few good things about this game was an incredible play against Norman Powell in uh, where Josh Green just dropped him. Just completely, just completely dropped him in a corner. Uh, he got the ball in the corner. He kind of loaded up, started to go for a drive. Him and and Norman Powell got their feet kind of like tripped up together. Norman Powell fell you, down. You don't have to add that in there. Norman Powell fell down. Josh Green steps back, hits the three right in his face. And Josh Green had a, a couple other really good plays in this game. And he was really great against Miami. I talked about that a lot in the postgame pod. I did it about that. But what are you seeing from Josh Green right now that is different from last year? Let's start with that. I mean, the cliche cop-out answer is confidence. Um, confidence he seems confidence. so much more confident out on the floor. 
uh, with his shot, with his, I mean, just that, just that move, that one move against Norman Powell, which is awesome. I mean, is he taking that a year ago? Like the fact that one, he took off dribbling and then he, you know, did a step back and then he still shot it. Like that's confidence. And his shot looks so much better. looks so much more fluid now. Um, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is he's a little bit, I've threw this out there a ton. So, but you know, the high school running back, you know, vibe of just throw him out on the basketball court and just, you know, just say, Hey, go be an athlete. He's kind of calmed down a little bit. And I feel like Dwight talked about that earlier in the season, how they, you know, the vets are kind of telling him, Hey, just chill out, calm down a little bit and just slow down. And he still provides all this energy, but I feel like he's calmed down just a tad and in that, he's gained more confidence. He's re- reworked his shot. I've I haven't done like a one eighty, but there hasn't been a guy that's like I've changed my opinion about more on the team since the summer until now, except for Javale. Okay, <laughs> well I meant in a good way. <laughs> that well that's a legit one eighty. Like I mean, legitimately yeah. one eighty. Yeah, w- with Josh Green, what you're seeing the confidence is so different. It seemed like he knows he belongs. There was after the Miami game, he talked. A lot about, you know, someone asked him, I can't remember the exact question that they asked him, but it was something along the lines of, you know, were you considering that you would develop your game to become a guy with the ball in his hands? Because Luke was getting doubled all the time in that Miami game. They would kick it over to Josh Green and he would he would start running stuff. They ran two plays where Josh Green had the ball and Luca set a screen for him that was that really stood out as like a whoa, what just happened there? And Josh Green was like, you know. In my first year, I wasn't thinking about anything. Like in my first year, yeah. I was thinking about just getting on the court. And in my second year, like no, I wasn't really thinking about me with the ball in my hands or as a point guard or anything, anything of that nature. And so, it, you have to remember like where he came from, right? Like where, where he wasn't really that confident. You saw in the playoffs against the Jazz, he just couldn't play. Like you can't play somebody out there if they're not going to take those shots. This year, he's taking those shots for sure, and. He'll take those shots, but know when to take his shot and go like, and guys are closing out on him. You saw a couple times in the Miami game that somebody would close out on him and he gets to drive to the basket and finish and, you know, or like kick out for a really nice pass or something. And he's, uh, he's, he's, as I've always said, he's like the oil to this offense where if you need somebody to start moving the ball around, give it, put it in Josh Green's hands. He's going to start moving it around. And, uh, they had a really good play. In this game, with the third quarter, really great ball movement. The Mavs took the lead back when Josh Green had some, a moment where he was in the paint, kicked it back out. It swung around, got to a three ball, and uh, that was a, a really good moment for the Mavs. But what Josh Green is right now is he's definitely a rotation player. Before the season, we were like, can he just be the ninth man? Can he just be yeah. that ninth man? And he's like, with everybody healthy, he's the seventh man now, I think. Like, I think he's in a spot where he's not going to play more minutes than Bullock probably, but he's been more effective than him a lot of times. Well, I think we're going to see, we could get a really good indication of how Dallas, you know, feels about him moving forward by the trade deadline, because, you know, let's say Dallas goes out and they trade Reggie Bullock and it's in a, like a two for one type of trade. It's like Reggie and Tim for, you know, another like point guard or something, third ball, whatever it is. And Reggie's in the deal. And it's like, you know what their messaging is going to be? It's, well, Josh is ready for the Reggie Bullock role. Josh is ready to be that three and D guy who gives us energy and we want to commit to him. And, 
or he could be in a trade before the deadline and that and we that would tell us how they feel about him too so i think we could get a little indicator of how they feel about him moving forward of are they looking at him as a hey this could be a reggie bullock replacement as reggie could be dealt or reggie's contract stuff you know and all that stuff going you know into next season or is are they looking at josh saying I don't know how much we're willing to commit to you long-term because, you know, maybe we can do it on another pod, but you start looking across the league and it's like, all right, who's some other guys that's similar to him. And you start looking at his extension stuff's going to be coming up soon unless they want to, you know, do the whole restricted free agency next summer. But it's like, is it, is he a mid-level guy? If he continues playing and you, you know, he bets on himself a little bit, maybe plays in the playoffs. Like he didn't have a good playoff showing last year, No, but what if he has a, Jalen Brunson light, you know, performance in this year's playoffs to where he goes in, plays a big role for Dallas. And you're like, whoa, all right, he belongs. Then he he earns a little bit more money. So then it's like, all right, well, he's not going to want mid level. Is he creeping into like Luke Kennard money and you know, some of these other guys? And it's like, I would love to have Luke Kennard money. <laughs> but it's like that's when you start looking and it's like eight million dollars, twelve. Is it crazy to think, you know, it's like you start going from there. So I think these next few weeks could tell us, could, they could not do anything with him and not trade Reggie and just say, hey, we're just going to ride out the season, then we'll figure out the summer. Either way, we'll figure out how Dallas feels about Josh Green by by this summer. Yeah, that'll be interesting. And definitely through the like through the playoffs, if he's, if he's still on the team past the trade deadline, you know, we'll see. Uh, his role in the playoffs will be huge, right? Like that's going to tell us yeah. a lot about – how this coaching staff feels about him, what his value is. If he starts closing games like he has been, and you know Bullock's not closing games, or maybe maybe Maxi or Christian Wood or Tim or somebody, then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, like he's one of the most important players in this rotation because still young, can still get better, and has some different ways that he can go and develop still. And so I think that's why Josh Green's one of the most interesting players on the Mavericks, and it's really cool to see him take that leap now to where he's a definite rotation player. He is. Seventh man, eighth man, whatever you want to call him when Maxi and Christian Wood are back. And another wing that you can add to this rotation. So really great to see Josh Green do that. Not great to see the Mavericks lose this game, but we will have post-game episodes for you the rest of this week. We will, um, let's see, we'll have a post-game against the Wizards on Tuesday, uh, against the Suns on Thursday, that great late start that we have uh, set up. And then over the weekend, the Mavs play the Jazz on Saturday. We'll have post games for you, episodes in between those. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.